Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. The Eagles are not at the podium, but we're going to have somebody here at the podium in just a few minutes, powered by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I am your host, John Stolness. You can follow me on Twitter at John Stolness. And coming up, we're going to hear from Big Red, Andy Reid, head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs. Talk to the media after the Chiefs' victory over the Titans in the AFC Championship game. Uh, Only the second conference championship game Andy Reid has ever won, uh, getting to his second Super Bowl, where he'll take on the 49ers in a couple of weeks. Uh, down in Miami, and so I know a lot of folks listening are Andy Reid fans, uh, myself included. Uh, very happy for Big Red that uh, he's moving on to the Super Bowl, and I uh, want to hear what he had to say uh, in the moments after the Chiefs beat the Titans on Sunday afternoon. So we're going to get to that in just a second, but first let me give you my three things from Championship Weekend and also a thought here on the Eagles' offensive coordinator search. But let's start off with Andy Reid. Because I think most of us who followed the Eagles for years, Philadelphia fans, have feelings about Andy Reid, good or bad. I think many of us watching them beat the Titans 35-24 to on Sunday afternoon felt elated for for Coach Reid that he is able to get back to the Super Bowl and and, and and get another crack at finally winning that Super Bowl title that he he really should have had a long time ago. It's been 15 years since his last Super Bowl with the Eagles. And that was after he got three shots at getting to the Super Bowl in the NFC Championship game three years in a row and fell short, the last two of them at home. That 15-year span, only one coach has had a longer span in between Super Bowl appearances, and that, of course, was another former Eagles coach, Dick Vermeil, who went 19 years between the Eagles' Super Bowl against the Raiders in 1981 and when the Rams beat the Titans uh, in the Super Bowl um, when they uh, were able to tackle the Titans uh, one yard short. Of course, you remember uh, Dick Vermeil on the sidelines in that game uh, celebrating. And it's incredible to think that it has been 15 years since Andy Reid last went to the Super Bowl. And he's due. He is due for a Super Bowl win. Now, I looked at the looked at the odds on Monday morning. And right now, from, from what I could tell, Vegas had the Chiefs as one-point favorites. So this is essentially a toss-up, this game, because it's at a neutral site. These two teams are pretty evenly matched, and you have you have a really great matchup in, in Kansas, and we're going to get into more of this probably on, on Super Bowl week when we actually start to preview the game, but Andy Reid's offense going up against the, the 49ers' defense should be an absolutely terrific matchup. Two classic teams, classic organizations, classic uniforms, just it's a great Super Bowl matchup. And I'm rooting hard for Andy Reid here. And I know there's a lot of you listening who aren't. I know there's some of you listening who don't like how Andy Reid builds a team. You don't like the fact that he brought back Tyreek Hill and some of the other players. You don't like the fact that Andy Reid fell short during his time in Philadelphia. And there's no other way to put it. He should have gone to more Super Bowls. He got outcoached in a number of those NFC Championship games, specifically that game against John Gruden against the Buccaneers after the 2002 season. He got outcoached in that game. 
Clear as day. He for years neglected the wide receiver position. And I I still I honestly believe that if Donovan McNabb had had a wide receiver like Tyreek Hill during his first couple years before he got Terrell Owens, they would have won at least one of those NFC Championship games. They probably win one of those Super Bowls in 2002 or 2003. They they beat the Raiders in the Super Bowl if he has a player like Tyreek Hill. And even if they get past the Buccaneers with what they had, they probably beat the Raiders in that. They probably, you know, they maybe in 2003, maybe they don't beat Tom Brady and the Patriots. But the Carolina Panthers almost did in that game. You put a you put a guy like Tyreek Hill on that team, and in 2003, they didn't have Brian Westbrook for the playoffs. They would have made it, made it to at least one of those Super Bowls. But Andy Reid, for years, neglected the wide receiver position in Philadelphia, and there are still many fans who who are upset about that, that it feel like Big Red held them back. And, and I can understand that to a point. He had some bad games in the postseason. His time, his clock management was, was terrible when he was with the Eagles. He burned timeouts repeatedly. He would get way too cute, way too smart for the room with his, with his game plans and his play calls at times. And I, I know how frustrating that was. I understand how frustrating it was to watch him coach sometimes. But he also was an immensely talented coach, an immensely intelligent coach. You don't get to be sixth all-time in postseason wins as a head coach because you're, because you're stupid. He has 14 playoff wins all-time as a coach. But he's the only one on this list among the top six all-time to not win a Super Bowl. Belichick, of course, has more playoff wins than anybody else by far, 31. No one's ever going to beat that with his six Super Bowl titles. Tom Landry has 20 postseason, had 20 postseason wins in his career, two Super Bowl victories. Don Shula had 19 playoff wins, two Super Bowls. Joe Gibbs, 17 playoff wins, three Super Bowls. Chuck Knoll, 16 playoff wins, four Super Bowls. Andy Reid, 14 career playoff wins, no Super Bowl titles. So I get, I get the Andy Reid dislike to a point, but I don't understand the Andy Reid hate. And there's a lot of Andy Reid hate in Philadelphia. I, I could understand being bitter and rooting against Andy Reid if the Eagles hadn't won the Super Bowl a few years ago. If they hadn't won Super Bowl 52, I may not be I'm sitting here rooting for Andy Reid. But we got ours. We got ours with Doug Peterson. We've got a great coach. We don't have to... We don't have to pine about Andy Reid and, oh, he, he's going to win a, a Super Bowl for the Chiefs when he couldn't win one, win one for us. We, You know, Andy Reid is directly responsible for the Eagles' Super Bowl victory in Super Bowl 52. He trained Doug Peterson. He recommended Doug Peterson. He helped groom Doug Peterson for the job. And we're very lucky to have him. So Andy Reid is indirectly responsible for the Eagles winning their first Super Bowl title. And now he gets a shot at his first Super Bowl title, a title that will cinch a Hall of Fame spot for him. I think he's probably a Hall of Fame coach regardless. Even if he loses this Super Bowl, I think he's still a Hall of Fame coach. But a Super, but a Super Bowl victory clinches it. He goes down as one of the greatest coaches of all time. So the Eagles having won... It would be nice for Andy to finally win his, and and I'm sure the conversation will continue over the next couple of weeks as Andy Reid gets ready to take on the 49ers in the Super Bowl. Let's talk about the NFC Championship game just a little bit, and frankly, I think the Green Bay Packers story is a little more interesting than the San Francisco 49ers story, because the 49ers, frankly, are just, they're not terribly interesting to me. Kyle Shanahan's a great coach. I don't know if Jimmy Garoppolo is a good quarterback because he doesn't need to be a good quarterback with the defense that team has and the way they run the ball. 
And they're going to run the ball all over Kansas City. Kansas City has a hard time stopping anybody. But they were able to slow down Derrick Henry in the second half of the AFC Championship game. So if they can load up the box and, and try and force Jimmy Garoppolo to beat them, I don't, I don't know that the 49ers can beat the Chiefs. But I think what's going on in Green Bay is a little bit more interesting than the 49ers' ascension. I think the descension, the decline of Aaron Rodgers is is one of the big talking points coming out of that NFC title game. He played he his numbers looked good, but he had some absolutely killer mistakes. At times he he looked lost out there. And we've seen the memes online right now about Aaron Rodgers being a 49ers fan growing up and how Rodgers always dreamed of leading them to a Super Bowl and now he has. You know, it it's funny. I get it. And and the 49ers passed on him in the draft. He held a lot of bitterness towards that. He wasn't able to overcome it. 49ers are a much better team than Green Bay Packers. The Packers were one of the weaker number two seeds to come along in quite some time. I mean, if Rodgers gets you at Lambeau Field, it's a different story. He's got a chance. He had no chance going into that game yesterday. And like Donovan McNabb, Rodgers has struggled in NFC title games in his career. He's played in four NFC championship games. He's only won one of them. He's lost three NFC title games. He has a career completion percentage of 63.5%. 1,035 yards, averaging 6.9 yards per attempt, six touchdowns, seven interceptions, and a 78.0 quarterback rating in four NFC Championship games. So, I mean, the numbers looked good at times against uh, against the 49ers, but he had two interceptions and a fumbled snap before halftime that essentially sealed Green Bay's fate. And Green Bay's defense did him no favors. And when you look at his playoff losses, his eight playoff losses, the Green Bay defense is largely responsible. The Green Bay defense gave up 45 points, 37, 45 in his first three playoff losses. In his next three playoff losses, he led the game-tying drive in each of the next three and then never got the ball again. And then the defense gave up 44 and then 37 on Sunday afternoon against the San Francisco 49ers. And the 49ers just dominated them just like they did earlier in the season. The 49ers were a better team. I mean, it's it, you can't... With Aaron Rodgers, you'd like to see him do more than he did. He just... He looked overmatched against San Francisco on Sunday afternoon. The, the Green Bay defense got pushed all over the field. I, that's why I really believe if the Eagles had managed to play the Green Bay Packers in the divisional round, they would have won that game. Because they would have gone back to the same formula that helped them win in Lambeau Field on Thursday night earlier in the season. Run the ball use that screen game, use the tight ends, but it didn't come to pass. And Aaron Rodgers, I wonder if I wonder if the sun has set on his career at this point. I mean, he's still going to play. He's still an effective quarterback. I'm not talking about Aaron Rodgers retiring, but I think, I, I, I wonder if, I don't know that he's an elite quarterback anymore. I, I think he's very good, but he may not be, he may not be good enough. I mean, and, and maybe he doesn't have the weapons. He had Devontae Adams at wide receiver, and he had Aaron Jones at running back. He didn't really have a whole lot else. So it's interesting. I, I do think that they they could give him more help, but we've been saying that year after year after year after year with different players going in and out of there. Mike McCarthy, maybe Mike McCarthy was the problem. There's a lot of excuse making for Aaron for Aaron Rodgers, and I get it because he is supremely talented. He should have more Super Bowl victories than he does. He should have made it to more Super Bowls than he has. Maybe it is all conspiring against him. Maybe 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 the football gods have conspired against Aaron Rodgers. But he did not look good against the San Francisco 49ers at times. Again, those killer turnovers, turnovers in the playoffs. I don't care what you do with so many of those other snaps. If you turn the ball over, it, all, it doesn't really matter, especially against a team that's better than you. So I know 
It's kind of talking out of both sides of my mouth a little bit here. The Green Bay Packers should not have beaten the 49ers, and they didn't. Aaron Rodgers was playing without a great supporting cast. He is a terrific, talented quarterback, was not able to perform a miracle. Probably shouldn't hold that too much against him, but I, I do wonder if the Aaron Rodgers mojo is starting to wane. Finally, let's talk a little bit about the Eagles' search for an offensive coordinator quickly. Some promising names have been mentioned, and the Eagles have not been able to land any of them. The latest, the USC offensive coordinator, Graham Harrell, who the Eagles had targeted as uh, their new offensive coordinator. He's decided to stay at USC. They're trying to replace Mike Groh, who's had the position the last couple of years. It's It's been a, almost two weeks since they fired Groh. Uh, the Eagles had reportedly had interest in Ravens quarterbacks coach James Urban, uh, but uh, Urban has decided to stay with the Rams. The, the talk now is that they're interested in Chiefs quarterbacks coach Mike Kafka, um, who's on Andy Reid's staff. There's a chance Reid could block the Eagles from interviewing him because Kafka would not get the chance to call plays. But Kafka has Eric Bieniemy in front of him, who also can't get an offensive coordinator job anywhere else in the league because he doesn't call plays. I mean, he's only called plays a little bit. Eric Bieniemy should have been on every team's wish list for a head coach this offseason. The fact, is there any other reason than he's an African-American that he's not getting these head coaching opportunities? If I can't figure out what it would be if it wasn't that, because we look at what Doug Peterson had very similar experience to Eric, to Eric Bieniemy. Peterson only called plays occasionally under Andy Reid, and look how good that has turned out. So I don't understand why people don't want to return to that well. So Kafka could be could be a guy the Eagles talk to. They probably have to wait until after the Super Bowl. Maybe they can do it during the during these next two weeks but they'd have to get permission from Reed. I have a hard time finding seeing Andy Reed blocking Mike Kafka from interviewing with the Eagles. But, you know, or maybe not from interviewing with the Eagles, but from taking a job if he doesn't have play calling ability. But that's the thing here. That's th- the reason the Eagles are having trouble landing an offensive coordinator. Unless you're in a certain part of your portion of your career, if you're not calling the plays, there's no sense in taking the offensive coordinator job. If you're a guy like Graham Harrell or if you're a guy uh, like James Urban, you want to be calling the plays as an offensive coordinator because look what happened to Mike Groh here. The Eagles' offense got better as the season went along. Doug Peterson got the credit. When the offense was struggling, Mike Groh got the blame. So the person, if you're the head coach and you're calling the plays, generally speaking, you're going to get the credit. And if you're the offensive coordinator, you're not going to get the credit when things are going well. We weren't, I mean, there were some... You know, there are some slight pats on the back from to Mike Groh, but I think most people still believe Mike Groh should be let go, even though the Eagles offense did a little bit better later in the season. So it's a tricky job. If you don't have the ability to call plays as the offensive coordinator, there better be other things going for you that that, that there better be there better be other things with this job that make it worth your while. So some other candidates who might have some sense. Um, Jim Caldwell's been talked about, the former Lions head heads coach who just recently uh, left the Dolphins, would make some sense. Mike Shula, who was uh, Pat Shermer's offensive coordinator the last two years with the Giants, could be available. And Jay Gruden's a guy who people have mentioned as a possibility who would be very intriguing. He has been taking some interviews as well for offensive uh, coordinator jobs. And, of course, Deuce Staley uh, could be elevated. And quarterbacks coach Press Taylor is another guy that obviously we've mentioned here on various podcasts, nobody would be enthused if Press Taylor was the guy who got the gig. All right, let's head to the podium and let's hear from Big Red Andy Reid in the moments after his AFC Championship game victory over the Tennessee Titans. All right, where's the trophy? Man. (laughs) 
Listen, first of all, I'm, I'm so happy for the Hunt family and bringing that trophy back here. Wow, how great is that? That's right. Thank you, Randy. I'm proud of our team for the effort that they uh, showed today. Um, uh, Never die is kind of their their thing. I mean, it's getting behind like this, tough on an old guy. But they did they did a nice job coming back and um, uh, you know again fired up, fired up to go to Miami. Need to get on a diet so I can fit in my clothes so we, we can go do our thing. But um, very proud, very proud of uh, everybody and. Uh, the job that they did, the coaches and uh, the coordinators for the plan that they had. EB talked to the team last night and got them all fired up. And EB's been there as a player and a coach. And uh, I thought he had some real great words for the uh, for the players uh, and coaches, for that matter. So, um, but the guys came out and played with a ton of energy. We had a few ups and downs there early. We were able to overcome those and um, get ourselves going in the right direction. And uh, anyways, my time's here. I, the fans were phenomenal. That thing out there right now, unbelievable. So, very good. Yeah, big hearts. So they, they work hard, never give up. Um, they're going to give you four quarters of honest football every snap. And um, I appreciate that. They don't care about the score. They just bring it, and um, and that's paid off for us the last couple of weeks. Andy, is comparing this championship to the one that you won in Philly, like the cliche of comparing apples to oranges, are there parts of the journey that are similar? Oh, uh, yes. No, I mean, uh, sure, absolutely. Um, and I have fond memories of that. Um, so I'm glad Sal could come join us. He was at both of them, so he, he knows. Um, uh, it's uh, – but – uh, there's something special about this trophy with the Hunt family. Andy, everybody said they're excited for you to really stay for you and help you get back and do another Who are you most excited I, I said it. I mean, I'm excited for the Hunt family and the players that have worked their tail off. I mean, the coaches. I mean, there's just so much effort that went into this. Coaches that were here before, you know, helped us get to this point. So, uh, you know, it takes, takes an army. It's not one guy at all. And, um, so I just appreciate the effort by everybody. And um, and then our fans, I can't wait to get all of them down to Miami. So I hope Miami's ready for that. And you meant, and you meant to follow. Andy, just curious whether you ever got to know Lamar Hunt and if so, what your interaction was. I did. Yeah, I met him my first year uh, in the league. When I was at Philly, I was brand new. My first year as a head coach, um, he came up and started talking to me. And when I felt like I didn't know anybody, you know. And then we found out our brothers were geologists, or he was a geologist, and he found out my brother was a geologist. And I, all of a sudden, we struck a com- he struck the conversation and told me a little bit about his background in geology, and um, it was great. So, and then he was great to me my my whole career, yeah, up to edge. So, yeah. No, listen. Last year we were four inches short, man. I mean, it, it was, um, and the guys made it a point. Um, to get better than that four inches, so um, and it was a it was a joint effort. Those guys that had to sit through this last year and watch what went on out there, 
uh, that wasn't real big. That wasn't a big, that, that wasn't a good thing. So I, they bared down, and uh, they weren't going to go through that again. And, uh, and you know, so you, you got to be a part of it, uh, just like I did. And uh, you, you watch how they they came about and played. You of Patrick's touchdown there before the half for your vantage point on the sideline. Just how big was that for you guys at that point to kind of pump everyone out? No, it was huge. Uh, and I knew he didn't step out, so I felt even better, even better about it. I, you know, some, uh, you know, they, they review all those, but I, I mean, I knew he was he was in. Um, going in at halftime with the lead helps. There was 11 seconds left on the clock when we kicked it off. So, uh, you know, you always, <laughs> excuse me, you always want to finish. Um, with the ball, we, we didn't quite do that, uh, but it was close enough. And then have an opportunity to come out the second half and have the ball. Um, and we could have done a better job there, but still, those are big. Those are big things. Andy, you're uh, your leading rusher today. Uh, what's behind him doing double back now? Yeah, so the, the the defenses are obviously trying to take things away down the field. And when they do that, you know, a couple of those that were double doubles where, um, you know, they were doubling a couple of players and, and uh, it just leaves, you know, an open door there. So um, he was able to take off and run with it and, um, and get some real positive yards. So, uh, but for him to be able to see that and, and the heat of it is something. I mean, that's, uh, he got great eyes, great vision, which we know with the passing game, but. He sees the whole picture, and um, and then he's able to find spots. So some of that also goes to the offensive line. They did a nice job of protecting him today, too. So you talked earlier about this team never quitting, never dying. How much of that can you not your belief Well, I think we all do. We all believe in him. You know, so it's uh, that's a positive. It's not just me. Um, it's everybody. And, you know, we're lucky to have some guys that, that – uh, I build a lot of confidence within you um, and from a coaching standpoint, so on both sides of the ball. And um, but you know, Pat's the leader of the team, and and um, everybody knows that, and they all respect him for it. He knows how to handle it, and um, that's why we're here. You know, it's late in the first half, or late in the first quarter, you guys down ten nothing. You're in field goal range in the fourth, and ended up going forward, getting in, getting into the end zone. What went into that decision? Was that a difficult decision for you at that time? No, it wasn't. I mean, we had a good play in, in mind. Um, got confidence in my guys. Um, you know, so went with it. Uh, and we've been pretty good in that area. We've been fairly aggressive on fourth downs, especially on the positive side of the ball, on the positive side of the field. So, um, you know, it worked out well for us. Right. Andy, congratulations. And, and you sort of said this in as many words, but how, how <clears throat> say this game, this day was rooted in last year's AFC Championship game. Just remember the bad taste, <clears throat> being so close, all the things that came of that. Yeah, no, I, I think it, Yeah, you know, we all were bitter over that. I mean, that's not a good feeling. Um, and it, was all, it wasn't just D, it was everybody. So everybody took the responsibility. And with that, you feel that, you know, you're, you're uh, that's not a, that's not a good feeling. So um, I was proud of that driving us through, you know, training camp and into the season. You have great expectations like this football team had to be able to sit here today and be in this position. That's a challenge. And there's a lot of things that go into that. And, um, you know, you guys have got that locker room has got to be right. And the coaching staff has to be right. And uh, guys have to be able to check their egos at the door and, um, 
and you know their their ups and downs and all those things not getting down on each other and um, but I'm proud of the guys for all, doing all that. Yeah. You just talk about defensively holding you to less than 100 yards rushing, forcing. Yeah, he's a heck of a player now. I mean, he's he's strong, and uh, um, I'm I'm proud of our guys. They they were on a mission to take care of that, and uh, and for them to be able to do that, uh, you know, my hat goes off to him. He's a heck of a player. Uh, Tough, strong, fast, all those things. You can't you know you can't let him uh, get a crack there because he's he's uh, either going to run you over or run past you. So very talented. And in the third quarter, you guys had that 13-play drive, 73 yards, go right down the field, mostly running the football. You guys kind of struggled to get the running game going this year. How much confidence does it give you in your offensive line going forward and Damian? <clears throat> yeah, I'm pr- I was proud of the guys. Uh, Damian's healthy, so that helps. Um, and, you know, Thompson got a couple carries too and did a nice job um, working and uh, – uh, you know, it's uh, all, all around. Uh, yeah, we're getting better there. I mean, we have room to improve, but we're getting better there. Yeah. Andy, I know you don't want to reflect too much about what this means to you personally, but when you think of all the friends and family and players and coaches who have stuck with you over the years to get back to the Super Bowl, what does that mean to you? No, it's great. I mean, it's, I, I, I respect all of them. You know, I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah, fans. People in general, family. I mean, it's not easy being a coach's wife. I mean, it's putting long hours. You know, so it's. Uh, I appreciate it. They're right here, so I. I held her hand the whole time out there. So I, you know, my girlfriend. So. Coach, you have a lot of new guys on the defensive side that spoke all week, and Frank Clark being one of those guys. Just what is his performance and the energy and the attitude that he brings that defense help change that league? Oh, stud. I mean, saw him at the end, right? Beast. Phenomenal job. P.G.N.